Section 4 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 9, May 1898. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Cuba, Part 4, by Robert T. Hill. Religion and Education. Cuba is divided into two dioceses, which are the Archbishopric of Santiago de Cuba, containing 55 parishes, and the Bishopric of Habana, containing 144 parishes. No Cuban-born priests are found in any church of importance. In the cathedral chapter at Havana, there is only one Cuban, and only two natives have ever obtained any special preferment, the mitre never. The same oppression obtains in the church as in the state, the former being used for base ends in thousands of instances and against the protests of the authorities at Rome. While nominally Catholics, and so holding that church responsible for what they do, many Spaniards in and out of Cuba are very poor Catholics in fact, and they do hundreds of things which the church authorities by no means approve. For example, the Cuban native who becomes a Roman Catholic priest fares about as badly as does the Protestant preacher. There is not a parish on the whole island that supports an endowed school. Recently there was a crusade against the civil marriage ceremony. The objection came because of the loss of fees to the priest. The crusade was led by the Spanish-born priest, who charges Cubans fees twice as high as he does Spaniards. Parishes are farmed out on account of profits, not by the church, but by the Spaniards. No priest gets these desirable parishes unless he happens to have been born in Spain. It is the Spanish blood that contaminates the church, and not the church that does the injury. It is partly the Spaniards' acts in introducing abuses into the church that brought about the present insurrection. The insurgents are Catholics and love their church. The religious condition of the island is as bad as the political. Education is still much neglected. The chief educational institutions are the Havana University, two professional schools with meteorological observatories attached, one agricultural school, and two seminaries. There are several private as well as public schools, aggregating in all 750 institutions with some 30,000 students and scholars. The Habana University is modeled after the Spanish universities, and its curriculum is chiefly devoted to medicine, law, theology, and an obsolete system of philosophy. Its entire faculty was disposed of by imprisonment and banishment last year, while the students have always been looked upon with a suspicion of sedition. The public schools are decidedly few, most of the better Cubans patronizing the private institutions. Courts Cuba has two high courts, but the captain-general is above either court, as appears from the royal decree of June 9, 1878, defining his duties and prerogatives. His power not only overrules decisions of all the judicial authorities, including the justices of the court of judicature, but also enables him to withhold the execution of any order or resolution of the home government, quote, whenever he may deem it best for the public interests, unquote. Administration 
since its discovery cuba has been a crown colony of spain occupying a relation to that country so far as the absence of local government is concerned comparable to that which alaska occupies to this but governed by military instead of civil authority some of the spanish islands like the canaries and the Belarics, are integral parts of the mother country having equal rights with the people of the peninsula cuba however has ever been treated solely as a subordinate colony the central and absolute authority of the crown has been represented by a governor called the captain-general controlling the land and sea forces and residing at havana and having the right of setting aside all judgments of the local courts his authority has been backed even in times of peace by a spanish soldiery larger than the army of the united states and with police powers unknown in this country in addition to the army of soldiers there is a vast horde of subordinate officials all spaniards who collect the customs and attend to other minor executive duties the lower classes of the habana male population porters draymen and clerks are organized into a dangerous and oftentimes uncontrollable military force known as the volunteers who while never having been known to take the field are a serious menace to the peace of the city being feared equally by the authorities over whose heads they wave the threat of mutiny especially upon any indication of granting reforms and by the resident and unarmed cubans over whom they hold the threat of massacre up to date the record of this organized mob has been a series of horrible crimes such as shooting down a crowd of peaceable citizens as they emerged from the theatre firing into the office and dining room of a hotel assaulting at the residences of cuban gentlemen and in eighteen seventy one forcing the authorities to execute forty-three medical students all boys under twenty because one of them had been accused of scratching the glass plate on a vault containing the remains of a volunteer fifteen thousand volunteers witnessed with exultation this ignoble execution while the primary functions of the government have been to attend to the prerogatives of the crown and the collection of revenues its attention has been largely devoted to the personal enrichment of the officials through misfeasance and the prevention of the secession of the island it has practically ignored the other functions of government such as the collection of statistics the promotion of education and the establishment of public works and proper public sanitation few if any educational institutions have been erected at public expense no public highways have been constructed nor have any improvements of a public character been made outside the city of habana even when the cubans have undertaken such improvements they have been heavily taxed for the benefit of the spanish officials the administration of cuba is and has been since the settlement of the island an absolute military despotism on the part of the mother country at periods dependent upon the personality of the captain-general there have been epochs of peace and prosperity but since the middle of the present century the island has been in a state of insurrection dormant or eruptive accompanied by a growing hatred between the governing and the governed classes with constantly increasing restrictions upon the latter at times the revolting people were reduced to subjection by promises of local self-government which have invariably been broken during the present century 
the spanish crown has made various pretenses of giving to the inhabitants of the island greater political privileges but all of these down to the latest and present autonomy scheme have been the merest subterfuges void of the true essence of local self-government with a string attachment by which absolute and despotic power remained in the hands of the spanish governor-general thus it was that in february eighteen seventy eight the ten years revolution was ended by general campos under the stipulations of the treaty the island was allowed to be represented in the spanish cortes by sixteen senators and thirty deputies but restrictions were so thrown around their selection that cubans were practically debarred from participating in the choice of these members notwithstanding that these so-called representatives were utterly powerless to press any cuban measure in the cortes of over nine hundred members or to put it to a vote this military despotism has been accompanied by a system of exorbitant taxation such as has never been known elsewhere in the world this has included at times an average of forty per cent on all imports in addition to taxes upon real estate the industries arts professions the slaughtering of meats and an odious system of stamp taxes which even included in its far-reaching application the affixing of an impost stamp upon every arrival at a hotel the process of possible direct taxation being exhausted the government even resorted to the establishment of the most nefarious and contaminating lottery system which yielded a profit of four million dollars annually in eighteen seventy nine the total revenue collected was about thirty five million dollars or twenty five dollars per capita all of which except ninety eight thousand dollars was spent mostly in the payment of the parasitic horde of intransigent soldiers and office holders and the spanish debt in addition to the legal taxation the commerce is burdened by a system of illegal taxation in the form of bribes which are necessary to the securing of any legal action little or none of this money was devoted to education science public construction harbor improvements highways sanitation or other benevolent purposes such as those to which our free government devotes its per capita tax of thirteen dollars and sixty five cents it is also a remarkable fact notwithstanding the extravagant taxation that only about one billion dollars have been remitted to the mother country during the past century most of the revenue having been diverted to maintain the official classes it is a common assertion that with the exception of martinez campos no captain-general has ever returned to spain after a four years intendancy except as a millionaire above all the numerous edicts decrees customs and police regulations the fundamental law of the island is the will of the captain-general enforced by the following decree of may twenty eighth eighteen twenty five which is still in force Quote, his majesty the king our lord desiring to obviate the inconveniences which might result in extraordinary cases from a division of command and from the interference of powers and prerogatives of the respective officers for the important end of preserving in that precious island cuba his legitimate sovereign authority and the public tranquillity through proper means has resolved in accordance with the opinions of his council of ministers to give to your excellency the fullest authority bestowing upon you all the powers which by the royal ordinances 
are granted to the governors of besieged cities in consequence of this his majesty gives to your excellency the most ample and unbounded power not only to send away from the island any persons in office whatever be their occupation rank class or condition whose continuance therein your excellency may deem injurious or whose conduct public or private may alarm you replacing them with persons faithful to his majesty and deserving of all the confidence of your excellency but also to suspend the execution of any order whatsoever or any general provision made concerning any branch of the administration as your excellency may think most suitable to your royal service unquote. under this law which has been utilized with terrible effect misfeasance has developed beyond description and freedom has been a mockery year after year the least liberty of thought or expression of opinion or suspicion of liberal ideas on the part of the individual or the press has resulted in imprisonment death or deportation furthermore the elsewhere obsolete punishment of torture has added horror to the cruelty of this edict in eighteen forty four over three thousand people were executed under this law during the ten years war it is estimated that fully twenty thousand people suffered its enforcement the official records show that four thousand six hundred seventy two people were executed during the first half of that war the first act of the spaniards upon the outbreak of the present revolution was to arrest imprison deport shoot or otherwise punish every man who was suspected of disloyalty this class also included all who were suspected of liability to become revolutionary sympathizers such as the leading men of the learned professions doctors lawyers editors and the faculty of the university who during the past three years have been imprisoned in the dungeons of ceuta africa where seven hundred thirty leading cuban citizens are now confined or upon the isle of pines many women were similarly treated this process is still in force notwithstanding the recent assertion that liberal autonomy has been granted to cuba the following extract from the new york sun of april fifth eighteen ninety eight as i write this article shows that the force of this despotic decree has not at all been ameliorated by the present farcical autonomous government Quote, many arrests are being made in the city among members of the best families for political causes magdalena pena redonda a well-known cuban lady was put in jail this morning upon a charge of conspiracy against the government alfredo herrera a young man of an aristocratic family was arrested this morning in a house in industria street upon a charge of rebellion it is said that he was leading a band of insurgents near habana a few days ago pablo larinago juan romero candido villanueva and others all well-known persons also have been arrested charged with conspiracy and rebellion unquote. the right of free speech on the part of the individual citizen has not only been restricted but the rigorous press law of eighteen eighty one requires every editor or manager of a paper to send duly signed by him two copies of each issue to government headquarters and two other copies to the district attorney as soon as printed that it may be seen whether any objectionable remarks are contained therein nearly every publication in cuba has been suspended at some time or other 
and its editor fined, imprisoned, or deported to the penal colonies. The American who undertakes to investigate the history of the Spanish government in Cuba inevitably finds the details too revolting to be described. Greed, injustice, bribery, and cruelty have been practiced with such frequency that volumes could be filled with their horrible details. Above all these, however, stands the fact that Spain has thrice endeavored to wipe out, by butchery and starvation, the entire native population. The first of these attempts, practiced in former centuries upon the aborigines, was successful. The second attempt was made during the Ten Years' War by Valamaceda, who wrote, quote, Not a single Cuban will remain on this island, because we shoot all those we find in the fields, on their farms, and in every hovel. We do not leave a creature alive where we pass, be it man or animal. If we find cows, we kill them. If horses, ditto. If hogs, ditto. Men and women, or children, ditto. As to the houses, we burn them. So every one receives what he deserves. The men with bullets, the animals with bayonet. The island will remain a desert. Unquote. The intentions of this officer were only foiled by the arousal of foreign public sentiment against him, and his replacement by the humane General Campos, who tried to restore peace. The third attempt at extermination, a matter of present history, was made by Weiler, who expressed sentiments as ferocious as those of Valamaceda. How successfully Weiler's policy has been partially carried out can be answered by the graves of a fourth of the population, which have been recently filled with starved or assassinated victims of his cruelty. Had not this government raised its voice and demanded his recall, the sole remnant of the Cuban people would now have consisted of the soldiers of Gomez. We have now given in brief the geography, resources, and political conditions of this island. In all history, no other country has presented such an unfortunate exhibition of misgovernment. Perhaps, ere this article reaches the reader, the great government which stands for the highest type of humanity, and whose every interest, commercial, hygienic, and strategic, calls for a cessation of Spanish misrule, will have made its influence felt and established a permanent peace upon the island. Supplemental Note on the Isle of Pines The principle of the outlying islands, considered geographically as a part of Cuba, is the Isle of Pines, which is situated about 38 miles south of the coast of Pinar del Rio. This is the only one of the adjacent islands which is not merely an elevated reef or mangrove swamp, and which has a geological structure and configuration comparable to the mainland. Its area of 1,214 square miles is almost equal to the combined area of the other 1,300 islands and islets. The island is circular in outline and almost divided by a bayou or salty depression into two divisions, the southernmost of which is a vast cienega or swamp occupied only by a few fishermen. The main portion of the island is diversified, being dominated by a central ridge of low mountains extending from east to west, rising to 2,000 feet above the sea. Elsewhere, the island is quite flat, consisting of land which represents a coralline plain recently reclaimed from the sea steamers from batabano run through santa fe and nueva gerona the latter place is a very small town at the foot of the hills 
with plains of palm trees in its neighborhood the town itself being on the rio de serra de casa some distance from its mouth santa fe which is the prominent place of resort for travelers is of itself a miserable congregation of houses on the banks of the river of the same name some distance from its mouth and also some distance from the steamboat landing this landing is a rough wooden wharf from which carriages and stages ply to santa fe immediately in the neighborhood of santa fe there are beautiful drives and walks some distance back where the country is more rolling and even hilly the climate of the isle of pines is delightful the air is pure dry and balmy and the winds coming from the sea passing over pine forests are gentle and invigorating the inhabitants of the island are a very simple kind-hearted set of people and very fond of a chat with strangers they have a natural dignity of manner a courteously hospitable way as also a degree of freshness and innocence for many years a large penal colony has been maintained on the island consisting mostly of cuban revolutionists End of section four